Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Up until about two weeks ago, we had a pretty hectic commute to where we lived. And three of those afternoons, I would have Jethro with me and sort of drive about an hour and 20 to get home. Um, And I wasn't quite ready for it because at the time, Jethro was three and he said that classic kid line. You know, the, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> We're in the car on the way home and, and I get this, Dad, Dad. And I'm like, yes, Jethro. And those three words, are we there yet? Four words. I was just checking. I was just checking. I just noticed there's a few blue supporters here and you seem to be easy to forget maths and history. So just checking. And he said those words, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I feel like in my life and a lot of us today, we never stop asking that question, are we there yet? We're fascinated with arriving. Have you noticed? We all want to get there. We all want to finish. We all want to arrive and we all want to get to a place. And, And it's a question we're still asking today, but have you noticed our culture is obsessed with it? It seems ingrained within us. It's the reason we study. It's the reason we save up. It's the reason we invest. It's the reason we go to the gym. It's the reason we do all these things because we want to arrive. We want the Insta bod. We want the house, the car, the career. We we want it all. We want to arrive. We, We have this sort of false sense that, you know that feeling when you get on holidays? Like you get to Bali and you check in, you unpack your bag, and then you sit by the pool and it's like, ah. Do you know the feeling? And you're like, ah, oh, I've arrived. We, we all think that we'll get that in life just by, by ticking the next box or achieving the next thing. But the truth is what I've found is that I don't know that we ever arrive and I don't know, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't know if we were ever supposed to arrive. We have an obsession with arising. Are we there yet? No. The problem with this obsession with, obsession with arriving is that the problems arise, firstly, number one, when we never seem to get there. Right across this room there, majority of us have felt this feeling, I, I don't know if I'll ever make it. I don't know if I'll ever be good enough. I don't know if I'll do that or if I'll ever achieve that or I'll get here or I'll get there. The feeling that I, I, I'll never be enough? Will I ever be enough, God? Our humanity created this, the thought that one day I would be this or do that, yet so many of us are caught on this journey and we've forgotten how important the journey actually is because we've been so concerned about just arriving and getting to that place and getting to the top and achieving. I've talked about this lots before, but this is why I sort of I struggle a bit, and I was talking to Amy about this only two weeks ago, but things like the History Maker song that we, you know, I sung as a youth growing up, you know, I'm going to be a history maker in this land, and, and I thought that's what God needed of us, and this whole generation grew up thinking that we were going to be history makers because we were all going to do this or do that, and we interpreted it as preaching from a platform or playing guitar in front of that, you know, whatever it was, we all interpreted this, and The problem is that when you say that to a room full of insecure teenagers, they get older in life and they realize that, wait a minute, I'm 
not there. I never arrived. I, uh, am I there yet? Are we there yet? No. <laughs> no. I've had moments in my life where I thought maybe if I just got the girl, which I did, amen, <laughs> then I would be enough. If I just brought a house, then I would be there. Maybe if I got ordained and maybe if I was a minister of religion, man, that's scary, isn't it? That scares me. Then I'd arrive, but I got there and it's like, wait, wait a minute, I don't feel like I've arrived yet. Um, am I there yet? No. We all have these feelings that we're never sure if we're ever going to get there. I love what Paul writes in Philippians 2, 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I believe this is what Paul meant. When he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you see the journey is important. It's not just the end game, people. Who we are now matters. Do we know that? I've had this obsession with a word lately called pilgrim. I love it. It's my, my favorite word. And it literally translates a person who journeys to a sacred place for religious reasons. A person who journeys to a sacred place for religious reasons. Put this in a context and what we know of God now, I would define a pilgrim as someone that is on a journey to an awareness of God, someone that's on a journey to a closeness or proximity, or they've, they've, they've said yes and their journey has begun, to use highway language, that they're on a journey and the journey leads to God. In Psalm 84 verse 5, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Do we know that our life was meant to be a pilgrimage, a journey to a sacred place? And not to a physical place because God's not in a box. They tried to put him in a tomb. He didn't stay there. They thought that he was in a temple and confined to that for a moment. But none of those were true in the long run because our God is everywhere and is everything. In fact, the authors of the Old Testament believe that, that, that God was stuck in a box. The funny thing is, is that we haven't stopped stuffing him in the boxes ever since. Uh, we, we, we want to box God in because then he's manageable and he fits within these parameters that we set and then that's it. And then as long as my God fits my box, then I'll let him still be my God. But I don't know we have the luxury of creating God in our image or creating the box that he fits in for us and our life personally. You see, God is so much bigger than that. God is with us, he's in us, and he works through us. Life itself only exists because he first existed. I challenge you tonight, can we please lose the childish obsession with trying to arrive? I do not know it all. I do not have enough. And you know what? I'm not even scared that I don't know it all. I'm not scared that I'm not enough. Because in my weakness, his my strength, in my weakness, his strength is so much more. I do not need to arrive, but what I will do every day is take steps towards God and explore where he leads me. Can we please become, consider becoming pilgrims? Can we please start a new journey because the God I have come to know is the God 
of the journey. Can I give you some examples from Scripture? Don't, don't take my word for it. Abram, before he was called Abraham, God called him out of familiar, out of everything that he'd known, and he said, to a place that I will show you. And on the journey, Abraham encountered God. Moses fled from all he knew. And in the journey of running from his past and the things that he'd done wrong, he encountered God on the journey in a burning bush. Israelites found God on their journey, the parting of the Red Sea, the water from the rock, the manna for food in the desert, the pillar by fire, a fire by night, and the cloud by day. They found God on their journey, not on their destination. You want some examples from the New Testament? Here's some of Jesus. Are you ready? Jesus calmed the storm on the journey to the other side, Matthew 8. He healed the woman with the issue of blood on his journey to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. Remember? Matthew 9, he healed two blind men on the journey from Jairus' house straight after that on on Matt chapter 9. He healed blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road in Mark chapter 10. He healed 10 lepers on his journey to Jerusalem on Luke 17. I say all this to say this, we don't need to arrive to see the power of God at work in our life. He is with us now and he works journey, he works miracles on the journey. If you haven't arrived yet, can I encourage you? You're in good company. You're in good company. In fact, I beg to to argue that if we arrive, it's a scary place. I would say the journey is less scary than arriving because arriving brings a whole nother level of problems. But number two, the problem with our arrival theology, the problem with it, number two, is that when we get there, we get there and stop. We level off. We we stop. I call this destinational Christianity, where where our faith becomes about somewhere else, where I have a belief system, and that's my admit one ticket, and one day I'm going to get that ticket punched, and I'm going to go there and enjoy it forever. And that's great. (laughs) But the problem with that is that a faith like that alone leads to terrible mistakes now in this life. I had quite a vulnerable conversation with a group of guys this week and girls and guys. And I was a bit sort of vulnerable, like I said, and I opened up a bit. And and because I kind of grew up with this kind of faith, that I prayed a prayer So I'm going there, and here, I just make sure I've still got my ticket so when the time comes, I can punch it and go home. The problem is, is that the faith that I had allowed me to be a terrible human now. My faith arised. My faith, my, my arrival faith of the years past allowed me to do and say things that today I'm ashamed of. The judgments that I've made, the way I've treated people, it hurts me now to think of these things. And I believe God has taken me on a new journey. One where my faith isn't a someday faith, but it's a today faith. That what I believe won't just matter one day, but it matters today. It, my faith has to change the way that I treat 
and I encounter my world today. Arrival Christianity or destinational Christianity, I believe, is done. It hasn't built the church. In fact, it's made it flounder because you and me have grown up with this thing that, oh, don't worry, one day it will all be okay. No, 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 we are his plan. I genuinely believe in the cause of Christians today. We're it. We're it. It hurts now, and, and God has taken me on this journey, but I believe we're all going to jump on this journey. I believe we're going to choose to become pilgrims again. We're going to go on a journey not held back by what we've known, not held back by our past thoughts or our past judgments or, or what we've known, but I believe God's taken us on a new journey. I felt proud of this old faith. <laughs> I felt justified now of I'm actually ashamed of some of the things that I thought. It's a pretty humbling place. If you've stopped your journey, if you have arrived in your faith, can we please, I beg you, can we fall in love with Jesus again? Seriously, the more I seek him, the more I find him, the more I find him, the more I want to change the more I realize, whoa, God, really? You want me to? But I like, <laughs> I like knowing that. And I like being able to say that. And, and I like my righteous anger. And I like my soapbox. And I like being able to judge the world. But God, are you saying that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> A faith that allows us not to change isn't true faith. No, no, our faith has to motivate us to be better to love more, to be more gracious. Because ultimately, the goal of our faith is to become more like him, isn't it? And Jesus was a way better human than I will ever be. The problem also with arriving and then stopping is that we stop discovering, we stop growing, and we stop being challenged. Do you know that life is a journey? Arriving can't be the only goal. I believe that the journey matters, and like I explained before, our God is the God of the journey. So whatever stopped you, can I encourage you? Pick up your bag. <laughs> Put on your shoes and go on a journey that we would rediscover God in our lives today. Sometimes it's simple things like fear that would stop us. This stopped a whole generation of the Israelites walking into the promised land. Like I said before, they saw God part the Red Sea. They, he provided food for them. He guided them with fire and a cloud, and they're so close. And Caleb and Joshua, right there. Thank you, Josh. Come back with this good report, but a whole generation who didn't listen had to sit, and God waited for them to die out before they took what they were promised because of fear. Sometimes what's familiar is more comfortable, even if it's not better than what we have in the future. We're talking about my faith, our family, his future. We believe in the God future for us individually, but also us corporately as a church. I want to walk into new days. I want to step into promised land. I want to walk on the days that you've prayed for and you've sown for. I want to be someone that would take the kingdom of God here and now, do you? He's calling us all, and we all get to be a part of it today. Not someday, but now. 
Number three, the problem arises with our arrival mindset or our need to arrive. It arrives when we, when we feel the need to defend there, when we feel the need to defend where we've arrived. We defend our traditions, which is funny. If it was up to me, every service would play all day because it's the best United song ever written. We'd do the stand on a fortnightly rotation. We'd do all these awesome Hillsong United songs because that was the music that I loved and ministered to me. We'd throw a reflector in there just for good measure every now and then. We'd do all the songs, and because in the early 2000s when I came to God, that was what was relevant to me in that moment. But I'm not having a meeting with Amy and going, Amy, listen here, mate. It's time we started bringing back these songs because, you know, I don't know if you know, but this New Hill song's not what it used to be. I'm not doing that because that was just a season. We try and be traditional. What do you mean by traditional like 100 years ago? That's not traditional church. That's not traditional church at all. We, we have these themes that were mostly from, you know, that this whole, you know, period in time, yet can we go back to the real traditional, like the early church? Because that's scary. Do you really want to go there? If you want traditional, let's go back there. Okay, everyone go home, sell everything you have. Anyone in need, let's do it. <laughs> Tell everyone, be persecuted for your faith. Lay down your life, literally lay down your life. Face the same death that Jesus did. Is that really what we want? Well, then why does every generation want to keep the way that they experience God? Because they've stopped journeying. Because they've gotten off. They've said, no, 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 God, church has to be done like this. I experienced God in this uh, Planet Shakers conference, so I need to recreate that now. And he, No, we don't. God is constantly moving. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But as we journey, we see fresh facets. We see fresh glimpses of who He is and what He's doing. And it doesn't have to look like what it did when I got saved. And it won't look like that. If I sit around waiting for that moment again on that, at that conference, I won't ever experience it. But if I have my eyes open, I say, God, what are you teaching me today? God, where are you moving? How can I use this? How can I use my life now? God, show me what to hold on to. Show me what to let go of. God, I desire you. You see, when we stop having the need to defend our traditions, we can actually be Christ today to our world. We defend the way that we do things as Christians, and it leads us to have terrible attitudes towards other Christians. Have you noticed? This is something that I'm ashamed of. The judgment calls I've made of other churches that are supposedly doing the same mandate that we're called to do. And I sit here and go, well, no, that's not right. They can't, really? Caleb, are you serious? You can sit there and judge people doing a different expression of the same thing. No. Why would the world listen to Christians if we're fighting amongst ourselves? Really? We don't need to defend our traditions. We don't need to defend our ways. If we would work together, we would see such a greater impact. We see this a lot in theology as well. Where we set up boundaries and 
We set up things and, and we're so confa- con- confined by them. But I've found in my life that God is meant to be discovered in a moment, but then continually rediscovered. Here's an example. I grew up with some terrible theologies. I had a mate who was a little bit further on the walk with me, and he had some terrible attitudes. Here's an example. Like, he, he wouldn't care. He'd throw rubbish out the window, not care about anything, like, as far as the environment goes, just, just not care about the environment. And his theology was, don't worry, Caleb, it's all going to burn. I'm like, well, okay, cool. So I'm throwing my window, my rubbish out the window. I'm not caring about the environment. You know, when you go to the mall, people are like, do you care about the environment? No, I don't. Go get someone else's signature. I don't care. I had this terrible theology, but then I I rediscovered, wait a minute, God's first job that he gave humanity was to look after this thing. And, you know, I believe (laughs) my theology was framework was a guy that was two years older than me, really? And I believed that and lived that, really? And and I defended him. Like, I was telling people, I was preaching it. Don't worry, man, it's all going to burn. Who cares? Burn more fuel. Put a bigger cam in your car. It's okay. Smash your cat converters out. It doesn't matter. It's an emission rules thing. Sorry. Part of your exhaust in your car. The conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day was over theology. The ones who ultimately aroused the people the one who ultimately evoked the people to murder him was over a theological debate because they thought they had arrived and were defending their theological position. Can we please look back to Jesus in the early church and desire that? That is true traditional Christianity. It's true community. None had lack. They laid down their lives for the cause of Christ. They honestly wanted everyone to experience the love, the grace, the freedom that they had found in Christ. What do you know? What you know and what you have experienced of God is a part of the truth. It's a part of the greatness. It's a part of the magnitude. It's part of who he is. There's always more to discover more to seek, more to forget, deeper levels to explore. I've found in my life that trial, struggle, and tough seasons I go through, I discover new aspects and new facets of who God is. It's easier to have an opinion without an experience. Have you noticed? (laughs) It's so much easier to have an opinion without an experience. But I love that our God isn't a distant God. He's not sitting back waiting for us to come home. But I believe the Holy Spirit right now is leading us. He's prompting us. He's guiding us. Are we allowing him to? Because there's been times in my life where where I've written off God speaking to me about things. And I've blocked his voice because, because it didn't fit what I knew or what I thought or what some yobbo had told me and I believed. Seriously. I do not have the whole truth. (laughs) I never will. But that doesn't discourage me, it encourages me. 
discourages me. It, it encourages me to continue to grow, to continue to seek him like never before. You see, when we know it all, we don't need God. When we literally don't need God, when, when our theology is so sound that we can cross every T and dot every I, and then we actually don't need God. We just need that theology and we're happy with that. I don't want a theology. I want a friend. I don't want a great doctrine or words on a page. I want a Lord. <laughs> I want him to speak and, and I'll move, God. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. God, my heart is open. I'll, clear, I'll make room in my mind and I'll change the things I thought I knew. God, if you want me to go in a different direction, lead and guide me. I pray that that would be our prayer as well that we would go on a journey. Are we there yet? No, but it doesn't matter because God is continually taking us on a journey. We are just pilgrims here on this earth. The ones that I feel the need to defend, the ones that feel the need to defend are the ones that have decided, I'm in, I'm there, I'm arrived. But I want everyone to be in. Do you? If we believed our theology, it would hurt us to think of the future of others in our world. Are we okay with that? Because I'm not. I'm not. If, if we truly believe this, then our heart would be breaking for people. Yet our heart breaks more when they change the way we do a service or they change, we don't do that Planet Shaker song that I love anymore. No, 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 our heart needs to Break for people. Let's hold loosely on traditions and tightly onto God. Can we do that? I wrote this message for two reasons. The first one is to encourage you. Life is a journey. It's a pilgrimage. If you feel like you haven't made it yet, you're in good company here because life is a journey and our God is the God of the journey. You don't need to arrive before he'll meet you. You don't need to get to a place or a certain spiritual prowess before you can encounter God. No, no, no. The Bible is filled with examples where God met us where we were at. The second reason I wrote this message is to challenge us, to challenge you. Hey, life's a journey. <laughs> to encourage you, life is a journey, but to challenge you, life is a journey. Have you stopped? Have you felt like you've arrived? Have you hopped off the boat? You see, Jesus healed, he met with, and he blessed people on the journey. I am and will continue to be a pilgrim. I'll continually be on a journey the rest of my life. Are we there yet? No. But we are on a journey, and that's all right, because our God is the God of the journey. Can I challenge us tonight, church? Let's find God again. I mean, really find him again. You know, when you go through seasons and it feels dry, you can change that in a moment. You know, when you go through seasons and it's like, got everything I thought I knew, got everything I've experienced has led me to this, and where to from here? Sometimes we need to get to a place like that before we can actually start to encounter him again.
It might not look like it did 20 years ago. It might not feel like it did in 1999. (laughs) But can I encourage you? God is still moving. He's still active. This world and everything in it is His. And we're to make a decision to say, hey, yeah, I will be a pilgrim. I will go on a journey. And I will be a part of bringing this relationship, this love, this grace, this forgiveness that I've received to every single person in my world. If our heart doesn't break for others, we don't believe what we think we do. Thank you, Dan.